We give God praise. But one thing I see about you, Rhonda, and I, wait a minute, I'm going to pray for you. But one thing I see about her, when God speaks to her, she hangs on to it. How long did you pray for a husband? Was it eight or nine years? I may be missing it. Yeah, eight years. Nine years. Okay. And Andy's wonderful, isn't he? So, what did I see Rhonda do? What did you see her do to come out of that? When I met Rhonda in the old building, she didn't look up. She's a different person. But she couldn't just get in her emotions and cry. She had to walk out of that with the word of God. Hallelujah. Timothy says, wage a good warfare with the prophecies that's been given to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you know, we do follow love. We do. And, and if, you, if you prophesy and you don't have love, then you're as, as bangling symbols. But look what it says, 14.1. Follow after charity, which is love, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather, he said, follow love, but rather prophesy. Is that what it says? Yes. Follow love, but rather that you prophesy, because God knows that when you prophesy which is a speaking forth then it's going to come to pass but if you just see your problem and you never put the word there then you stay in your problem because that's what you see you got to see something different to have something different remember when he he took abraham he said come look at the stars abraham never thought he was going to get the isaac the child of the promise and god had to all through there take him out and let him see something different than his circumstance. He had to see the sand, see the stars. That's going to be your children, as far as you can see. And so verse 2 says, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue, my spiritual father uses this all the time because he prays in tongues when he preaches, Dr. Sorella. But he says, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. He knows he's not trying to get you to understand him. He's He's communicating with God so he can speak forth to the people. Hallelujah. But the more you do that in private, the less you got to do it in, in the public. And that's the truth. If you don't spend that time, in, Dr. Isaac said, I work eight hours and one day a week I come home. I lock myself in the room for eight more hours. I do nothing but speak in tongues. He said, now he's over all these churches. He's over a whole hospital. And, and he said, that's what I do. He said, sometimes... Every now and then, I have to take about two or three days with God, but my normal routine is one day a week. Can we give God one, one day a week that we don't turn on the TV? One day a week. Maybe we can't do it eight hours, but maybe we could do it an hour. But, but see, that thing is, oh, it's too hard. No, that's just a lack of surrender. It's not too hard. Because when I pray, then everything else is going to work out for me. Every, everything else is going to flow. Everything else is going to display. So I have time to spend with God. The, the ties to spend with God is two hours and 40 minutes. If we have 24 hours in a day, two hours and 40 minutes, we always want people's money. But what about the time? How much time do we give to God? Two hours and 40 minutes a day times seven. How many is that a week? So I do have time to pray in tongues. I do have time to seek the Lord. I remember telling Pastor Pinson, I said, I, 
I, I was selling Avon on Monday. She was having me preach on holiness on Wednesday. And I was putting people's lipstick in the wrong bag. I, that's where me and Monda really developed a relationship. But I, would, I was making mistakes, and I called, and I said, Mama, I don't know. I said, what, what is this? I, I, am I supposed to pray for three days to a Wednesday? Because I can't function out here. In the, and she said, just pray a little bit more than you've been praying. Because God's taking you to a new level, and you're in that transition. So you're halfway in the spirit and halfway in the flesh, and you're putting the wrong lipsticks in the bag. But if you get up and you spend a little more time and press on through that place, then everything else is going to flow. So what eventually happened out of that, God pulled me out of that and into ministry, which I had a good business, about 150 customers. So, But a lot of those souls I got to witness to and everything. And, but God started pulling me up out of that but I had to pray before it felt safe I had to pray I had to give it first you know everything with God is giving it first he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to man but unto God for no man understands him Howbeit the spirit he speaketh mysteries don't you want to know the mysteries of God don't you want to know what he's saying about your children don't you want to know what he's saying about your future well, that's where, you, that's where you're going to find it out. That's where you find it out. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. What does it do when I speak in tongue? Jude says, build yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost. Your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So if you are depressed or you are down or you look outside and you see the rain and just start praying in tongues. Build yourself up in the Holy Ghost. And pretty soon a prophecy is going to come forth. A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. People say, why do y'all used to we pray in tongues a lot to bring, you know, to help bring in the presence up here. But now uh, we don't have to do that so much. And I won't go through the reasons. But, but praying in the Holy Ghost, someone will say, well, why y'all do But in a minute... There's going to be a word of knowledge. There's going to be a word of wisdom. There's going to, what does the Bible say? How, how good it is when brethren dwell in unity. One brings a psalm. One brings a hymn. One brings a doctrine. One brings interpretation. So when we pray in tongues, there should be something come forth that most of the time when you come out of that prayer closet, you know a little something of, of why you went in. And if you still not know every time you pray what's happening into you, is you still haven't given birth. Because when I give birth, I know if I have a boy or a girl. Amen. When I give birth, I know what, what I'm giving birth to. So if, if you spend a lot of time praying, but you never know what it's for, then just go a little deeper in that prayer. Just say, okay, I'm praying 30 minutes a day. Now I'm going to pray 45. And watch God, watch you, watch you start birthing. Watch Things start coming forth that you hear from God. Dreams. I had a dream this week uh, when we were up there visiting Elder Carl, and and it and it just out of the blue. But it comes through praying in the Spirit. And in my dream, Tim's mom came. You know, she it, she was in my dream, and she said that Timmy was her baby boy, but now she was giving him all over to me. In other words, take care of my son. But there were some things in our past that, you know, the Bible says leave and cleave. And I had to pray those things out. I had to pray about them things. I couldn't, 
I couldn't go to her and us fight. I had to pray about them. But what happened through that prayer like two years ago, now she's coming forward. She said, he's, he's yours completely now. So how does those things happen? It happens through prayer and supplication. It happens through Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God, and then the peace of God, then the peace of God comes. If we don't pray, we don't have peace. If we don't prophesy, we're still living in limbo. We have to speak forth what God has shown us. We have to, there has to be a speaking forth. When I went to see Elder Carl, God had given me a word two or three months before I actually got into his presence. I didn't wait till I got into his presence and say, I'm going to pray for you, brother. I knew I was going to Houston to see him. So I got in God's presence and heard from God. And then I waited on the timing to go. So we're sitting there and we talk about a lot of other things and, and you know, it was all good. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost rose up in me. And I said, Elder Carl, I said, God gave me this word when I was praying for you. Hebrews, where it says, the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. And it divides, it pierces and divides the joints from the marrow. See, he had a bone marrow transplant. But when I said that word, marrow, the word of God is sharper and quicker than a two-edged sword. And it divides the soul from the spirit and the joints and the marrows. And he looked at me and, you know, he, he's, he's down to, he don't even look the same. He, he didn't have any hair. He was humble in front of his brother sitting there. And his brother, the Holy Ghost, came in, and I jumped up, and I said, I have this oil from Dr. Sorella, who you love. I said, and I'm just, we're going to lay hands. And so we put hands on him, and we released that word in his life. And we said, the bones and the marrow, you know, the bones and the marrow. I said, you know that people drink the marrow because there's so much power in the bones. What was I doing? Prophesying life to him. Prophesying, not just getting in a circumstance with him and saying, you know, I had that problem. You know, I knew somebody. No, come forth with the word from God. Come forth with the word from God. Come forth with the word from God. Come out of your flesh and go into the highways and, and compel them, the byways and compel them to come in. Go get the lame, the weak, the blind, and say, God said this to you. Come forth with a word for people. Come forth and prophesy throughout the land. Come forth and prophesy over your church in Hamburg. Come forth and prophesy over this church in Freedom One. Come forth and prophesy over Freedom Two. What do I do now? I get in the car. This is a different subject. But by the way, his brother started asking questions. His brother, I don't think he goes to church anymore. He started asking questions. I've been around him before, and he didn't ask anything. What was the difference? The presence of God came with that word. It wasn't me. It came with that word that we spent in prayer getting for Elder Carl. Hallelujah. God said, I'll confirm my word with signs following. I don't confirm your emotions. I confirm my word. 
I don't confirm what your mind tells you, what your will, what your emotions, what you, he cares about. He cares about our past. But to come out of the past, I got to have a word for the future. Somebody look at somebody and say, you look much better in the future than you do right now. Hallelujah. Because with the word, we're going to, the word, we're going to be younger and younger and younger and younger and younger. He's going to renew our strength. Hallelujah. By the word of God. So he says, desire the spiritual gifts, but rather that you prophesy. That's why the enemy fights that. He fights that prophecy because he knows that's what's going to bring forth the fruit. The word of God. Because if you don't get the word, you forget what really, you know you had an experience three years ago. I, I know I had an experience at this altar over this situation between me and my mother-in-law. I know I can remember little things happening. But the main thing I remember is finally I got sick of that. I wanted unity. So I went on a fast. I come up here, and she'd sit in that second pew. And I'd go over there, and when God would tell me something, she wasn't there. I was there by myself. But I prophesied to her. And she went to heaven. She got saved through prophecy. God gave me a dream. and he's, She wasn't saved. She never went to church or anything. I was riding one day, and, and I started interceding for my mother-in-law. God, save Brenda, save Brenda, save Brenda. And all of a sudden, the presence of God fell, and I saw a vision. And I saw Tim's Aunt Virginia. I saw his mother in heaven before us. And they said, when we got there, they didn't thank me. They looked at my husband. Thank you. Thank you so much for showing us the way. Thank you. And it was two years later. But every time a circumstance hit, I said, God, you said that they're in heaven. And they were thanking my husband. You said, God, they were thanking my husband for showing them the way. I thank you for unity. And I didn't tell a lot of people that. But she came in here one Sunday, and Pastor Pinson preached a message. You must be born again. How many remember that message? You must be born again. And she walked up. She's the only one. Stood right there and gave her heart to Jesus Christ. That didn't happen just that day. That happened two years before because of the Word of God. And the Word of God carried it through until it manifested. So I didn't have to be in turmoil. I didn't have to be in defeat. I didn't have to think, this lady don't like me, God. I just said that word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your word today. God, Charlotte, come share about Adam. I want to hear it. I want to hear about the word. Maybe everybody hadn't heard it when he was in prison. Because all I know is the word come forth on this platform that this was his year to come out of bondage. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't supposed to get out. He wasn't supposed to get out. Um, oh, thank you, Jesus. I just give honor to my pastor today. I give honor to my pastor every morning when I wake up. I give honor to God and honor to our leaders. Thank you, Jesus, for just putting us under a covering where we're abs it's absolute covering, absolute. And I thank you, Jesus. But um, um, Pastor, she just prays for us. She prays for us. And we would talk on the phone quite a bit, uh, still do. And, and she was just, you know, it's always about Jesus because we can't talk about anything else. No. It's just, 
we love him and we Amen. want to talk about him. We want to talk about it. And one day she said, you know, we were talking about Adam being locked up and and he wasn't he keep he keep getting in trouble. He keep getting in trouble uh and they would add more time to him and they put him in the hole for 30 days or 60 days or whatever and she said um she said, you know, I was praying the other day and God just spoke it this is Adam's year to be free from bondage. And I said, I, it, was like I, it was like, boom, it just hit me like that. Like, yes, yes, this is Adam's year. Because he was already months ago, but supposed to have been out. But because of trouble, uh, him getting in trouble or trouble getting in him, he would be locked up and ha have more time on, added to him. But I grabbed a hold of that word and I said, God, I said, thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Jesus. For the word, for your word, for your word, and I grabbed a hold of that word because I, and I just it wasn't about me. It's because I didn't have anything else to hold on to. I grabbed that word and I said, "Thank you, Jesus. You said this is Adam's year to be free from bondage." So, um, another circumstance came up, and he got thrown in the hole for thirty days, and uh, and you know I would get phone calls from his. Uh, uh, his uh, wife now, but and she oh they're, they're going to add six more months on his time. I said no, no. In the name of Jesus, I said you stop saying that. We get what we say. God said this is Adam's year to be free from bondage. God said that. God said that, and I held on to that. I held on to that because God enabled me to hold on to that because you know he the, the so much has been stolen and i've let get away but i held on to that with my very life and my pastor would encourage remember god said this is adam's yes yes it's adam's year it's adam's year and and he was in the hole for 60 days and he he got out and she said no they're not gonna i said no, in the name of Jesus, this is Adam's year. This is Adam's year to be free. So, so, ha, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, was it right after Christmas or right before? I'm not, which one you talking about? He was, he was, he was free that year. That year with just days to spare. Because God said, hey, this is Adam's year. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Hey, this is Adam's year. But we could have real easily let that word go. We could have let the enemy through, you know, this in your ear. Oh, no, no, oh, no. No, in the name of Jesus. No. In the name of Jesus. No. This is Adam's year. God said this is Adam's year. Yeah. And Adam's free today. Woo! He is free today. Hallelujah. Adam is free today. So let's pick up our words. Let's pick up our sword. And, and, and don't think it's too hard to, to get a word from God because... He wants to talk to us. He said, man, don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So what do I live by? 
how are we still at the church? Because you wouldn't be one this many years later just because you wanted to be not this kind of church. You wouldn't be one. How do we stay true? God gave me a vision, and I go back to that vision every time. How many has tried to come and overtake this church? And that's what I mean. Something in you and you and Pastor Cindy and Pastor Steve has to be stronger because those things are going to come to try to overtake your land. But greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. But you got to get the word and stand on it. you got to get the word and say, if there's anything about this church that you don't like, Pastor Casey, you got to get the word so you can walk through the battle and you can see change. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise today. We love you, Lord. We thank you that anything that needs to be changed can be changed through the word of God. We thank you that you've already done it all on Calvary that we just got to know how to walk through these circumstances. And if our families are somewhere and we don't want them there anymore, get a word from God. I heard Pastor Pinson say one time, I wouldn't not give that day. She gave 12 hours to prayer. She said, why? Because something was vexing me. She said, I wouldn't not give 12 hours of my life over my husband just because of flesh. I mean, when you think about how, what is God asking? What is he really asking? He's asking for a little time. He's asking for a little bit of spending with him only and not our flesh. That's all he's asking. And, and he told me one time, he said, you possess the land within three days. Within three days can be 45 minutes. Within three days, don't God be three days? Pastor Penn, amen, within three days. And that set me free. And Pastor Pinson said, I think anything can happen in three days. And, and maybe you can't do complete fast or complete seeking that everything. But you can do something. You can turn off the computer. You can turn off the TV. You can set yourself, set your face like a flint and say, like Hezekiah, when the prophet said, you're going to die. That man had to hear from God. What nothing else going to make him live? What did he do? He turned his face to the wall. What do we do when someone says, your son's this, your daughter's that, your marriage is this? When the enemy says, and that thing is big and it's vexing us every day, what do we do? We turn our face to the wall and say, that's it. I'm not going to live in anxiety over this anymore because I'm too scared to lose control to get in God's presence so he can speak a word to me so I can come out of this bondage. God, I ask that you take the scale off, the veil off our eyes and take the scales off our eyes that we can see that you want, you brought us out, God. You brought us out of bondage. But we got to come out and live out with the word of God. We got to come out of bondage and live out by the word of God, with the word of God. And I ask that you speak to people, God, as people, as people do lay on their face that maybe some just don't think they can do that. But I'm asking for the grace of God that you speak to those people, God, that you give them a word, that you, in this atmosphere, because someone is willing, because a lot of these elders do that during the week, a lot of these people do pray. I'm asking that there's always an anointing here that we can receive a word from God. And I just thank you, God, that we'll pick that word up and we will wage 
a good warfare with it. We'll fight the good fight of faith with the word of God that you've given us. And God, I thank you. When we do that, we will be different. We will be changed. There will be a change in our life, God. And we quit justifying. We quit making excuses. If we're not operating in our destiny, we seek your face. We, we go to you, God. We, a lot of people go to someone else as their source. But God, we go to you. We, we pull on, even pastors, you know, they'll pull on, pull on God. That's what I have to do. He's my source. I don't get to go to another pastor, find out who my drummer is. I got to go to God and find out who my drummer is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. God, we point it all to you. We point it all to you, Jesus. We point all the people to you, God. Not a man, woman, boy, or girl, but to you and your word because you're the one that's going to carry us through. And we just give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. God bless you. I'm so glad to be back. We're going to have an awesome day. Pastor Casey going to preach the word of God. And the worship team are going to come together in one mind, one accord, and be in unity until God comes in and he breaks uh, strongholds. He heals bodies and he saves souls. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.